Hi, this is Ben Bova. I've written a lot of science fiction, and I think that I've devoted my life to trying to understand the opportunities and the dangers of the future. And if you listen to Sci-Fi Saturday Night, you'll begin to understand a lot of that, too. Sci-Fi Saturday Night. We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you can be so easily! It is now time for us to put Earth under our rule. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you've been guilty of witchcraft. You think me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. From our recycled Halloween candy co-op deep on sub-level 13 of Area 51, tonight we're proud to present a gender-neutral rendition of Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, re-imaged in iambic pentameter adapted for radio by Stephanie Meyer's younger brother Oscar, and featuring the voice talents of Linda Blair, Pam Greer, and once again welcoming back the beguiling yet waterlogged Esther Williams. Hello and welcome to TalkCast 294, this week's edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Enjoying a pinched nerve which I am blaming on a Louisa May Alcott, I am the Dome. Joining the TalkCast tonight, we've got a full cast tonight. The rest of the gang of five. In the Revere Time Vortex, the technical anarchist. For those of us uninformed peasants, which is the rest of the known universe, she's the button pusher, our own girl genius, Kriana. Bow before my clicky keys. <laughs> From the stacks of her personal space in the Dank Dungeons industrial trailer parking lot and the new and improved grafted and cloned vegetable market, this week featuring pseudo-soy pseudo cheese food snacks. That's right, kids. If it doesn't say pseudo-soy, it's not real artificial cheese food. Artificial flavor, artificial color, no nutritional value whatsoever. The original soy snack by Dow Chemical Pseudo Foods Division. It's the Zombrarian. I unmuted, like... 10 adjectives ago. <laughs> Just so you it's know. It's very, like, late 70s, early 80s to say Dow Chemicals. I know! And their pseudo-foods division, no less. We're, we're, we're time-traveling, because Esther Williams... I don't Williams. understand that reference. Aw, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> From a galaxy further and further away, as time dilation insists it must be, our Lady of the Lake, who has opinions and enjoys sharing them, when not on Medical League for what we will refer to as her wink-wink allergy issues, please welcome Sir Sarah Lady Knight. I finished Radiance last night, and my life is over. Catherine Valente has ruined my life. That's not a good thing. No, but it is. It's the best. We, we, need to have, it's the best we need to have a segment called Who's Ruined Sir Sarah's Life This Week? <laughs> this week! It has a jingle and everything. It has a jingle. Of the time is going to be Chloe Bennett. Yeah, it has a jingle. Ten percent is going to be Haley Atwell. So, Kriana, your your job is to get what's ruining Sir Sarah's life this week jingle ready for us for <laughs> next week. I will not do that. I, yeah, I had no doubt about that. Back from his Skywalker Ranch dressing internship, it's Carvelicious Fun, our Midwestern correspondent, Malcolm. after having spent the past 11 weeks undercover at the Sandy Duncan Institute for Peripheral Vision, it's that guy who likes shiny stuff, Awake by Java. Anapestic trimeter. We, we got tired of uh, iambic pentameter, so we okay. rewrote Seven Brides for Seven Brothers in anapestic trimeter. I, I'm looking forward to not hearing that. It's like, it's like Dr. Seuss. So. Uh, as opposed to there was a young girl from Nantucket. Got it. That's yeah. not iambic pentameter. I know. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's a limerick. It has a completely different format. Okay. Well, okay, okay, wait a minute. I'd just like to say out of all of us here, who here has taught English at one point or another? Well, that would be a couple of us, actually. I know. And who here doesn't know what iambic pentameter is? Oh, I know what it is. I just kind of like limericks. That's a whole different story. Our guest tonight is Pamela from a place called Granite State Escape. Pamela, welcome to the show. 
Thank you for having me. Well, we kind of had to. You had us locked in a room at GraniteCon. <laughs> <laughs> I did sort of threaten you a little bit. <laughs> well, let's... Okay, first of all, for the people who are who, who have not heard of Granite State Escape, uh, there's this little shopping mall in in the center of right around the center of Manchester, where uh, I don't know this this kind of small little comic book shop. Uh, oh God, what's their name? Double Midnight Comics. That's who they are. Who? Uh, yeah, exactly. They have their <laughs> store there, and then there's this weird little storefront right around that the side of it there that says Granite State Escapes. And for the longest time, Drew and I were driving past that and we couldn't figure out what it was until we met you guys at GraniteCon. So for the uninformed among us, what is Granite State Escape? So we are an escape room. So we have um, themed rooms that we lock you into. So essentially it's an interactive game. Uh, so you have to solve a series of puzzles using hints and clues that we've hidden all over the place uh, to find your way out of the room. Now, I have had some people actually come in and, because uh, in our lobby, one of our themed rooms is a jail cell. So we have a, a jail cell in our lobby just for pictures and for an advertisement. I did have somebody, um, funny that you mentioned you didn't know what we were. They actually thought we were bail bondsmen. Um, <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> Because that's definitely not the case. <laughs> but no, it's um, it's more of just a, it, it's a game. It's a game for, you know, you and your friends, your coworkers, um, you know, maybe your family. Uh, but yeah, Your enemies, you know. I'm, what? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Got nothing. A first date that could end miserably, you know, things like that. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine you may have had a few of those. Uh, we have. We've had definitely had a few of those. Um, we've also, our other themed room is a funeral parlor, and we've had a lot of bachelor parties in there. I don't know if that's a metaphor, but I've seen that quite a bit. Um, but no, we've got the two rooms. I'm working on the third one right now. It's been, it's been a lot of fun, actually. So, explain to the listeners, you go in there with a group of your friends, and what happens? So I start with the clue in either room and a little bit of backstory. So each room sort of has identity. Um, it's got it does have a story written with it. So I start you off with some background, um, and then I give you a timer and I close the door. Um, so at that point, you have to look around. You have to find all the hints and clues that I've hidden. You have to figure out how to use them to solve a series of puzzles in the room. So there might be locks in there, alphanumeric codes. Um, I might have physical puzzles or, or word games, but you have to figure out how to use the items around you um, to actually solve the puzzles. Um, and then once you, you know, once you actually get to the point where you're escaping out the door, um, I have uh, both of these doors right now have uh, have locking. Um, they're actually miracle locks. So you have to type in a specific code to get out of them. So really, it's kind of um, I don't know. It's just it's it's a big game. It's a big game, um, and uh, it's definitely uh, it's entertaining to watch because I'm watching everybody on camera. So I really get a kick out of that. <laughs> <laughs> Do they bring their own audience sometimes? So I have actually had that happen. I do a lot of corporate events because uh, it's a great it's a great team builder, especially when they don't know each other that well. And um, I have had uh, one instance where the boss watched out front with me, and then nice. as the group came out, she actually critiqued them. I felt kind of bad. That's kind of <laughs> not the guys. intent there, but yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I didn't, I didn't really sign them up for that, but that's sort of what happened. I, I felt a little guilty, but um, no, I definitely, I walked out front, and I have had also, you know, um, uh, parents that didn't want to attend, and they had a bunch, you know, they had some teenage kids in there, and um you know, I usually, I, I say that um, a parent has to be in the room, but the other one didn't want to go in. So she was just watching out front with me. So I definitely do have some, some spectators from time to time. How did this happen? Where did this come from? So escape rooms are, um, they happen throughout the world. Um, they're a little bit newer to the United States, and they're really in the larger cities. So I did an escape room in another part of the country. And I, I just, I, I saw it and I said, the options are endless. This is such a cool idea. Um, so we, we came back to New Hampshire and, um, you know, my husband and I grew up here and we said, there's nothing like this here at all. And um, it, really, I mean, what, what do you do? You know, you, you go bowling, you go to the movies. We, we were looking for something 
thought-provoking, you know, something different. Um, so we decided to put it together and sort of test it out, and people have been overwhelmingly positive in their reaction. We just opened it in July, and we've already had a couple thousand people come through. So it's, it's been wonderful. Well, we first experienced this at Granite State Comic Con uh, a month and a half ago where you guys were set up like right around the corner from us and we kept watching people streaming it in, in and out of that room giggling hysterically uh, for two and a half <laughs> days. It was kind of ridiculous until we, of course, ended up having to try it and, and I was actually quite good at it. Uh, not that I'm going to say anything. <laughs> I think all of you did well, honestly. I mean, you guys could beat each other up. I think you all did really, really well. You're being, you're being very kind. Forcing the guest to lie for you, and that is so unkind. Uh, Tell the truth. I Well, our, our team, quote, because it's a team event, our yeah. team may have uh, uh, not made it out in time. Uh, but, you know, there is that. <laughs> Well, I will say, so that, that particular room, you know, we built it just for the event, and it was just, uh, it was, you know, a 10-minute experience, and I'd say we had about a 50% success rate, which is actually higher than my room at the facility, um, but yeah, I'd say we we're about 50%, so, you know, if you didn't make it out, you're, you're with half of people, so don't, don't feel bad, don't feel guilty. Uh, well, no, I, I don't feel bad for the team that went in and may not have made it out in time, but that's... We had, we had another team that went in that, that, in fact, did make it out in time. And and for Drew and Booking Monkey, congratulations to, to you. Ah, whatever. <laughs> um, so right now you have Escape from Jail and Escape from the Funeral Parlor. You have a maximum yeah. number of people that you allow in at any one time. And it's an hour per game. So over the yeah. course of the night, you can do two or three games in each room. I do many more. So I have, I have an hour. You, you get an hour in the room. I give myself a half hour because I need to reset the room um, and I need to prep it. I need to prep the guests for the next booking that's coming through. So um, I open on Thursday and Friday about 3 o'clock, and I go all the way through. I think the last booking is at like 9 o'clock at night. Um, Saturday, Sunday, I'm open all day. But I open up. You know, I open up. If somebody calls me and they say, hey, we want to do a corporate event on a Monday morning, I'll do it. You know, I've got no problem doing that. So we actually... We, put, we, we get quite a few people that go through, you know, um, uh, actually quite a bit. I mean, just, just at GraniteCon alone, we had over 400 people go through, and we were there for two days. Right. You know, it was, so, it was um, kind of amazing watching that, that stream of people going in and out. Yeah, it was interesting because in the beginning, you know, we, we were really at GraniteCon to try to, to show people, like, this is, this is who we are. Um, and we knew it would be a good time. So, uh, you know, at Double Midnight, you know, obviously there are neighbors and, and they approached us and we're like, absolutely, we're interested. Um, so the first day, uh, for the first couple hours, we only had, you know, a couple people as they were trying to figure it out. And then by Sunday, I mean, we, we were turning people away. We're like, we can't, we're, we're too, we're booked all the way through. Um, but uh, no, it was, it was, it was a great time for us. I mean, we really, that's the first time I had been to a Comic-Con. So I really enjoy it. I had a great time. And I think, I think we're going to become regulars now. So, how, oh, wait, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I can ask mine. Um, yeah. How difficult is it to, tr like, to create a traveling room? Like, that's what oh, I'm fascinated so. with. By, I'm fascinated by the fact that you brought one to Comic-Con and set it up. Right, and that was, that was sort of the X factor for us. We looked at it, we said, if we're going to this, we need to be able to display what we do and who we are. So I sort of came up with this idea, and I, and I, I ran it by, the, by Double Midnight. I said, you know, I'd like to bring a room. And they loved it, and I said, all right, but I have to figure out how I'm going to do this. So um, that's why I asked, I said, is there an office? I need an office, a conference room. I need something to work with. I knew if I was just in the regular plane, I would have no chance. It's just like large open space. It's just too much going on. So they actually had an office available for us. So. Um, I planned it all out and said, all right, you know what? I, I need to create walls that I can completely create and design, and they have to be able to break them down, bring them, and put them back up there. So it took a little bit of ingenuity on our part, and we definitely had to sort of plan it out. Cause it, you know, typically it's like I have the room, and I build it, and 
you know, you, you can work around the space. And But this was, I need to build it at my office, bring it, and, and hope that it fits there comfortably. You know, because we weren't familiar with the space we were going to. We just sort of, we had uh, rough dimensions. Um, but I think it worked out actually pretty well. I mean, I, I, I enjoyed that, that element. I liked to be able to bring something. I think it was it was cool for people to see because they didn't expect it. You know, once they walked in, they're like, wow, this is awesome. And I'm like, it is. It is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So do you have a puzzle you know? design background? Is that how you design them or do you just kind of, did you find a hidden talent when you started doing this? It's a little bit of a, of a combo, I guess. I mean, I, you know, I've always sort of been um, a creative person. You know, I've always been very involved in, you know, I do a lot of different arts and I, I, um, I, I'm like an avid writer and um, I went to, School for behavioral neuroscience, actually, so I was like, really interested in the way the brain works and, and just to see how people, um, really the psychology behind it, I think is interesting as well. And um, I saw it, and I, and I also, we do this for our niece and nephew all the time. We do scavenger hunts with them at the house. Um, so we do sort of build these where we, have, we give them clues, and there's a series, and, you know, it's walking into the house, and they have to find different things. And um, when I saw this, and I, and I saw this paper, and I said, oh, my gosh, I could do this. And it could be so much fun, and I think that it would bring something completely different to New Hampshire. And and you know, we did, and we sort of we kind of tested it out and said, well, let's see, like let's see what we can produce. And um, honestly, it's it's not easy to put the rooms together, but the ideas are, are the fun part for me. Um, I like to create them, and I think that uh, it, it did come easier to me than I expected. I will say that. Now, the two rooms that that you have currently, the jail room and the funeral parlor room, are those like permanent i mean are they built in so that you, you you're not going to swap them out for another room at some point so i will definitely swap them out um they're built in like the rooms are built for these rooms but i will swap them out so i have the two i have a third one that um is under construction right now so i'm looking to release it in november probably later in november it's going to be a diffuse the bomb room so i'm working on that now um, and then after that, my timeline, I, I'm thinking, it's probably going to be every six months or so, I would place a room with a new one. That way, if you come see us, you know, every six months or so, you can always do a new space. So I how think many, that's important to get people to come back. Oh, yeah, absolutely. How, how many rooms are do you have up and running, or do you plan to have up and running simultaneously? Um, we will probably have three at a time. Um, once you have this third room built, but I do have space for a fourth, and I'm actually thinking, and this is by request, this is, um, this started with Granicon when I started to see um, the families come through, and my spaces are built for, for the older crowd, you know, they're, they're not easy for, for kids, you know, I mean, my rooms are 20% success and 40% success rates in them, I mean, they're not, and these are adults, so, um, you know, to have like a birthday party of eight-year-olds, it's just, it's a little too difficult for them. Um, so I've had a lot of requests for a kid room, so I'm thinking about building one. Um, you know, we've been sort of trying to up the logistics of building a room specifically for, like, the 7 to 12-year-old crowd. So I think that fourth room that we have, we're actually going to devote it to a kid space. Nice. Yeah, so let's change it up a little bit. And honestly, you know, there, there's not a lot for, for kids to do that's thought-provoking. And I, I know when I was a kid, I would have loved something like this. So um, I, I think that that could be... That could be, it could be good for them, you know? So where can people find you uh, on, you have your own website, and can they book right from there? Absolutely. So actually, most of our bookings are done online. So our website is just um, escapenh.com. You can read about our rooms on there. We even have a video that sort of breaks down the process for those that have never heard of an escape room. They're kind of... Uh, puzzled about the whole thing and then um, you can book right online that's how we usually do it unless it's a special event or something they want to book outside of our office hours that's when they call me typically uh, we're all over social media um, Facebook Twitter Instagram um, I'm, I'm learning Instagram and Twitter but um, no, we're, we're all over that so it's definitely I, I, I'm, I'm not super comfortable with it but I'm, I'm learning you know <laughs> you've, you've been open for about um, a couple of months now and your your mm -hmm. business has just grown and grown and grown. It's one of the more original things I, I, I've seen that really appeals to. Well, you saw how it appealed to everybody at the con. It was crazy. Right. 
Absolutely. I can't wait till you're established mm-hmm. enough to start doing like theme rooms. So like Escape Santa's mm-hmm. workshop. Right. Oh, uh, you know, it's funny is my husband wants to do that so badly. And we were thinking about doing it. It's so funny that you just said that, but we're thinking about doing sort of like we did with the Joker room where we're building a room that is um, temporary for a short term. Um, and it does, it's not an hour long. So it'd be more of like adding an experience to your, you know, to the experience you already have. So you come in, you do the room, and this might be like a 10 to 15 minute little space. It's temporary. Um, but he was thinking the same thing. He's like, we should do Santa's workshop. So that's, that's really funny that you said that. So that, that cool. might be in the works. <laughs> we're, we're thinking, we're thinking about it. And I'm imagining how terrifying a haunted house combined with a room escape would be. Yes. That, now that's more. That's more my. See, job. see now, don't now. We're not going to go for the the kids' room. You need to make that fourth space a seasonal space. Right, I, you know, and we have we have a huge um, we have a huge area that uh, we have a lot of corporate events, etc. So if we built a seasonal anything, it would probably be there. But I mean, again, we we just listen to people. We see what people are interested in. You know, it's this is completely new in the area, so. We want to see what people think, you know, and, and if we go to the kids room and it doesn't bring a lot of interest and I prefer to do seasonal, that's definitely on the table. Um, Halloween, we opened a little too close to Halloween for us to have enough time to plan it, um, which is a shame because it's You've got Friday, a whole so. year now. But it, that's <laughs> fair. Oh, and the Halloween I one, I mean, in New Hampshire, you're up against stuff like Spooky World and... Right. Like, like high class. And that's what's cool about it. You can't rush that. I think, like, in exactly. my... Computer, no, no, see, this is the perfect time to prepare, prepare because now you can just go to all the specialty Halloween stores, get the big discounts on all your supplies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what I'm saying is that, in my completely unasked-for opinion, that was a very savvy business decision to wait until next year to do Halloween themes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, Halloween is, is my favorite holiday, and, and that was my thought. I said, if I'm doing this, I'm doing this right. And... You know, I know that there's, you know, spooky world and everything in the area, but I think that we could um, sort of be a compliment to them. Uh, obviously, you know, they're a haunted house, but they're like a mass market haunted house. Like, you have a lot of people that are going through, and I love to go. You know, we go almost every year. I mean, I love to go. But I think if we can put people in a situation where, you know, you're, you're in a haunted house, you're just going through it as quickly as possible. We would prevent you from being able to do that because you would not be able to progress until you actually dealt with what was around you. Um, and I think we could offer something completely different. Um, and it would be just it would be an immersive experience like they probably haven't seen. Because I know there are some haunted houses that, you know, people just close their eyes and they just plow through as fast as they can. And this would be different. This would be more psychological. It would be, be a bit of a different experience. Uh, so I'm excited about it. But, again, I want, I want to make sure I have enough time to prepare that properly. I'm excited and terrified now. And, and I think we're going to have a... a a cast uh, retreat early for Halloween next year. Oh my gosh, so <laughs> I love much it. Fun. Come on, we need I to do it. it. We need to do it, guys. I, I've never be, been more intrigued than I was uh, when I played the game, and and we talked for a little bit then. And and this is this is a, an incredibly cool experience. It was a lot of fun for all of us. Uh, it was a lot of fun for the convention. Uh, it's something so completely different and so unexpected that about 35 seconds to a minute into the experience you kind of forget that it's not real to some degree right. and right. it's it's the the weirdest experience i've had in a long time but it was great creative fun it's a very creative endeavor and, and we wish you a lot of luck with it and let us know as you make changes and you you announce new rooms send us an email let us know we're, we'll happily announce it because this this is more fun than humans should be allowed to have no i really honestly really really appreciate it you know we're just kind of running with it and we like we just like to create them and uh it's been a, it's been a joy to watch people experience it and and really enjoy it so uh we'll keep creating as long as people keep coming so uh, no, I, I love it, and I, I, I'm very grateful that you guys had me on tonight and that uh, you will promote for me. It's, you know, word of mouth has really been the way we're getting around, so I really appreciate it. The company's called Granite State Escape. They're in Manchester, New Hampshire. If you've been to Double Midnight Comics, take a hard left in the shopping mall. They're right there. Pam, thank you so much for joining us tonight.
Thank you for having me. Take care, guys. Thanks. And now, Kriana, the news. Wow, that was like seamless. <laughs> I like that. It's not funny if you say it every single week. I know, but it, it doesn't work every single week. Yeah, it, it has been. When was the last time it had didn't work? Uh, for the past two weeks, but that's all a different story. Oh, you anyway. know what? <laughs> so what's happening this week? Anybody got something they want to talk about? I have feelings that I would like to discuss. Tell us about your feelings, um. Please, tell us. So, those of you who've been listening for a long time uh, may recall that way back when I was a wee little Zombrarian, um, I wrote my undergrad thesis on Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials. Um, and so, I'm having a lot of feelings now because the BBC is going to make them make that book trilogy into a miniseries. And oddly enough, unlike when um, people have said, oh yeah, this book's going to be a movie, and I've been like, I don't know. I'm actually excited about this one. Um, Why? Because well, it can't possibly be worse. Than the actual movie? Because it had Nicole Kidman in it, and she's just, like, wooden as fuck. Okay. Well, <laughs> that character Nicole is wooden as fuck. Works um, something. Anyway. But, say what you will about the movie, the visuals were very, very nice. And, um, if anyone can do it, I think the BBC can. I felt like the BBC did Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell justice. I really I, enjoyed that series, yeah. honestly. Yeah, and I didn't know decent. if it was possible to do that book justice because it is so um, mood-driven, and so much of it is internalized by the characters and... Um, I was so I was pleasantly surprised by that, and I'm hoping to be pleasantly surprised by his dark materials. One of the most promising um, signs so far I have is that Philip. It's Pullman not being directed by J.J. Abrams. Not being directed. <laughs> well, that's a plus. Um, yep. It's actually it's the two production companies are Bad Wolf and uh, New Line, who I think are two good, solid yeah. companies to be working on something like that. Um, Philip, Philip Pullman is the first listed executive producer. Wait, there, there's a production company called Bad Wolf? Yes. Oh, there absolutely is. And yeah. they're related to Doctor Who how? I they're, don't know. Why don't you go on IMDb huh. and figure it out while I finish telling... They're IMDb. British. They're named Bad Wolf. They have to be. Okay. Well, <laughs> so figure it out and then talk. Um, and... What was the last thing that I was really... Oh. My big hope is that while the movie was not good, um, the stage play was pretty much loved. And Philip Pullman himself even loved the stage play. So I'm hoping um, they take a lot more influence from what they did for that. Okay, guys. You're going to love this. I'm going to read this verbatim from the Variety website. Um, Bad Wolf, the production company, was set up by former BBC executives Jane Tranter and Julie Gardner earlier this year. There are two aspects to HBO's relationship with Tranter and Gardner who are responsible for such shows as Doctor Who, Torchwood, and Da Vinci's Demons. Um, Okay, first of all, two awesome ladies... Three yeah. awesome shows that I love, and now they're doing something with HBO, as yep. well as whatever this is. HBO and the BBC. The only thing that could have made me more confident in this announcement was if they had said, oh yeah, and York Brinson, the 
polar bear is going to be voiced by Benedict Cumberbatch because he's perfect. No, for no, no, no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, though. Because ne- so these ladies who are responsible for Doctor Who tortured and Da Vinci's demons, think about the visuals there, are teaming up with New Line Cinema, responsible right. for the visuals in Lord of the Rings. And they're going to get together and have a, his Dark Materials baby. This can't go wrong, basically. No, you, you, um, they're really going to have to work at it. it if nothing else, it's going to be really pretty. And the fact that Philip Pullman is so involved and excited about the project, he was also very involved and excited about the stage play. He wrote a lot of the material for the program. What I didn't know about this this series was that it had been done as a stage play. Yeah, it was only ever done in London. It was a very short run. Um, I don't think it's ever been staged again. From what I can tell, it was kind of like this semi-steampunky, ethereal... Lion well, that makes thing. sense, yeah. Like, with you know, with the the way they did the demons in the stage play was with puppets. Oh, nice. And different kinds of puppets. There were shadow puppets, and there were big ones, and there were little ones, and it was... I thought that was genius. So the other thing that Bad Wolf, the production company, is working on, that Variety reveals exclusively, thank you, oh, Variety yeah. Magazine... Are we are we segueing? No. Oh, okay. No, we're adding. And they're they're doing an adaptation of Bernard Cornwell's The Warlord Chronicles trilogy, which is a revisionist King Arthur. Ooh. I mean, he also did the Sharp series, apparently. Right. If you remember, um, Sean Bean was in that. Wow. And Zombrian, you're muted. <laughs> I can hear you saying "okay" from the other room. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's she, she's still muted. I can hear her yelling at me, but I can't hear what she's saying. I said I was saying inane things, so I should be muted. Ah, got it. That's uh, I, this this does sound kind of incredible. Okay, yeah. so I I don't know how we miss these people, but Jane Tranter and Julie Gardner, we need to have them on the show. I want to talk to them. They seem awesome. I'm they sure I'm sure they'll awesome. drop everything and come talk to us. From England, yeah. Especially when they hear how we talk about J.J. Abrams. Like, that'll make them feel very... They probably agree with us, to be fair. To be fair. And he's a director. Also a terrifyingly bad writer. He's also a producer. Yeah, he shouldn't be. I'm oh, just I saying, know. you are currently obsessed with one of his TV shows right now, so... I'm not so much obsessed as I'm watching it. What TV show are you, of his are you watching right now? Uh, Person of Interest? It's okay. Oh, you I kind of like that show. Yeah. Speaking of television shows that J.J. J. Abrams is vaguely involved with, <laughs> yeah. have you heard the news about that, Star That's a segue. Sorry. <laughs> Have you heard the news about the new Star Trek show? I am so pissed off did, at that news. Did, I didn't hear beyond there's going to be a new Star Trek show, and then I okay. shut my ears off. I'm well, worried. but here's the thing. First of all, uh, there, the new Star Trek show is a part of the reboot universe and, uh, with the new, new movies. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Totally fine. Thank you for that. Right. Mm-hmm. That's... Okay, so we've got... We've wait, got wait, did movies. you just say totally fine? Because no. Well, I mean, it's... it's Opposite of that is true. to be expected because the movie's made a lot of money. So, um, the... That's the first thing. But the more interesting thing is that it is all going to be behind a paywall, even though it's being made by CBS. And so it's CBS, a bullshit paywall to boot. CBS is making a full-on Star Trek show and putting it behind a paywall. I'm pretty sure that that is contrary to everything that was in Next Generation. Like, all of the moral <laughs> lessons would have uh, been opposed to that. Well, and, yes. And worse than that, at this point, why don't you just nail the coffin shut before you start? They announce a show, they announce a producer, they do not announce anything else other than 
oh, by the way, you're all going to fucking pay for it. Well, really? they announced that the writers are going to be the same as, as on the new movies. Because that's the, going so well. Well, I mean, from a financial standpoint, it is. From a fan-based perspective, it isn't. But I mean, I'm interested to hear about the numbers with the new movies, though, about who went to see it in the theater and then did it completely bomb when released for actual consumption. Like, I'm wondering how many people went to see that and were like, this is awful. Um, and I'm wondering how many people went to see it because we were promised a gratuitous Benedict Cumberbatch shower scene and did not get it. Well, the first movie was so universally hated by uh, Star Trek fans that at the Vegas Star Trek convention, which is, I guess, the biggest one that there is, the year that it came out, it was voted of 10 films... It was voted the worst Star Trek movie ever made, and Star Trek 1 was a horrendous pile of something. Uh, a lot of them were pretty bad. <laughs> but coming in ahead of that was Galaxy Quest, which wasn't even a Star Trek movie. Yeah. Right. Right. Galaxy, <laughs> Galaxy Quest was absolutely a better movie than Star Trek Into Darkness. Oh, of course it was. 100% <laughs> better. But, but the whole concept was... They were only supposed to be Star Trek movies. They pulled non-Star Trek movies ahead of that one. Well, I mean, that's, that's kind of, that kind of gets to a conundrum, right? So, so movies, movies can't, major full feature releases can't subsist on fandom. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Like, you can't make a hundred million dollar movie and then expect that it's going to be supported just by fans. So, no, but you need to have that support there. And frankly, to have gotten it wouldn't have been all that difficult. Well, it wouldn't have. They just had to be more progressive than they were in the 60s. That can't be that difficult, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, Sir Sarah, you're so naive. Really, what well, were you thinking? Seriously. Poor sweet child. <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> you guys know that that was sarcasm, right? I, I just want to... God, I hope so. Yeah, yes. <laughs> All right. You know that my return to you was also sarcasm, right? I'm, I'm just checking. Just checking. The, so, so anyway, it's going to be an interesting thing because categorically the Star Trek television shows have been better than any of the movies. Um, Except for the so, one with the whales. Um, That was awesome. Shut your mouth. That was a great. Uh, that's what I'm saying. The whale yeah, one was clearly cool. better than any of the TV shows because there were the the, oh, was the whale. Oh, no, one. It, no, it was just the best of the movies. I mean, the whale can't... one was awesome. I'm agreeing with you, Java. Okay, <laughs> kind I, of agreeing with him. No, I'm totally agreeing with him. I don't think that the whales could in any way um, make me uh, as happy as Q. Well, sure, I suppose. Or as, or as happy as the holodeck on Deep Space Nine. No. Yeah, for me that was it. Deep Space Nine, there's really nothing exciting there. Oh, no, I, I, no, I watched the whole it. Deep Space Nine is the worst. In the, like, basically That's Voyager. That would be Voyager. Voyager, Voyager is awesome. Voyager's I, awesome. Deep Space I, Nine was like the biggest snooze fest. Oh, oh no. you're right. I can't say that Voyager... Voyager um, takes the takes the place of Star Trek: Next Generation. In of my, course it my, doesn't. Of course it doesn't. But, Nothing can live up to Star Trek: The Next Generation. Next Gen set the bar beautifully. It set the set bar the so bar. high that literally nothing else has a chance. Yeah, and that's kind of the problem that these writers find themselves in. Except because, for you know what, and I'll admit this: I hate the Next Generation movies. Some of them were better than others. Yeah, but I would I would pick up a Kirk movie before I picked up a Picard movie. But yeah. that's because Kirk movies are hilarious. They really are. <laughs> they really are. But not intentionally so. Potentially. Like, that's the problem. Um and we'll see what happens because you know, these these guys are writers. They're they're fairly good writers. I mean, you can't judge them solely on the Star Trek movies. Um, some of their other work is okay. I, I glanced at their 
IMDb stuff. So well, yeah, I mean, you know, they've got they've got great chops for selling movies. And, and we'll see movies, but it's a they, new it's a new media, right? So so what are they going to do with it? Are they is because there is there are no details. So maybe well, here's the thing: is is that they're setting it up to fail with the paywall? Yeah. Maybe, but but understand that no, we're not maybe about see. it. They're absolutely setting it up well, to fail. It's a Star Trek show, but there's no way that they're going to bring in the cast from the Star Trek movies. They can't afford them, so so it's going to have to be some something else. Which means there's going to there might be some more you know leeway here and there, and you don't you never know what they're going to do. They no, could do don't. something really really good. Okay, so basically they're alienating literally everyone. Fans of the new movies aren't getting what they want. And people who hated the new movies are certainly not getting what they want. And people who so who is left to watch this show that's going to shell out the money for it? Well, that's that's really the problem. It's it'll get a season. It'll get a full season at, until CBS realizes that nobody wants to pay for it. I don't think it'll even get a full season. Maybe I'm not. betting they cancel it at the half, if not before. And that's a damn. Or they shit. end up making it not behind the paywall. Watch, watch, watch. This is the long-awaited Starfleet Academy series. Oof. Oh my gosh, is it gonna be like... It's gonna be a teen drama. It's gonna be the Vampire Diaries with Star Trek. The Vampire Diaries. Please tell me it's gonna be like my favorite book series of all time, Jedi Academy (laughs) and or Young Indiana Jones. Oh, they have been threatening to do Starfleet Academy for years. Oh my god. Yeah, but it better be like it almost felt like they tested it like a spin-off in the next generation a few times. It better be something when- like Sulu's son gets bullied at school and Sulu <laughs> has to teach him an important lesson. Well, that's kind of what they did in the next generation, right? It's Except just, for it was like Wesley. In every episode is going to be like a very special episode of Growing Pains or something. <laughs> yeah. They had the Wesley Crusher bullying episode. They yeah. did. They absolutely did. Yes, they did. I, I actually have seen that one. I and think. then the Wesley Crusher falls in love one with the... The, with Wesley, the, the Wesley Crusher inadvertently murders someone episode. Oh, yes, there was that one as well. You know, it's a rite of passage that all children have to go through. Yep. Evidently so. And, and then lies about it in court. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I don't um, think I killed him. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what happened. I have amnesia. That was, hey, that's the that's a solid defense. <laughs> if you're you know what? You know what I just thought of? Wouldn't it be cool if there was a Star Trek telenovela? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are telenovelas. We've also started watching Jane the Virgin. So good. Yeah, I'm <laughs> now now I was thinking about Rogelio <laughs> in yep. Star Trek <laughs> and how amazing that would be. I mean, Rogelio right. was basically on Star Trek when he was on that. <laughs> I know, I know. That's I what I was think. thinking of. I love hey, it. Java. Yep. Did you did you get a chance to uh, see the man in the high castle yet? Don't miss. So I have bored. not seen the next episode. We have Dome been and Java trying. Are having none of our game the that's right. We're moving forward. <laughs> so um, you I haven't seen, seen episode it. one. I have not, I've saw episode one. I have not seen anything of the the other episodes. Um, the I'm I'm just kind of taken up by Gotham and Flash right now. Yeah, I know. What did you What did you think of episode one though? The the pilot, yeah, the pilot was really good. Well, we, guys, we can you hear my cat purring into my microphone? Yeah, we kind of can. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just checking. Okay, please continue. Um, here we'll have a cat purring party because mine's purring. Sampering, where's Lyra? <laughs> She's sleeping. Um. And the bad one is pouting on the couch because you picked him out. Of the I office. didn't kick him out. He left of his own volition. Well, he's pouting on the couch now, so you've got some making up to do. <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll throw him under some running water later. <laughs> I'm sorry to derail conversations with talking about cats, but I'm also like, not sorry. That, about that it. should also work, yes. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry, cats. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> No, I just thought, uh, you know, it, as, a, as a pilot episode, I thought it was really good. So we'll see what happens with it. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's plenty of good television going on right now. It's kind of hard to keep up with everything. So so we're just, 
you know, we watch what we really are are feeling at the moment. And lately, it's been Flash because uh, we had like five episodes stacked up or something. And now we're uh, we're also watching Gotham, which is kind of slow right now. Not gonna lie. I just finished season one, so, and I, I'm just holding back. Oh, someone's two. into it now. I Someone like had to be dragged kicking and screaming into Gotham. Hey, I can wait, 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 wait. I have to know. Dome, favorite character, go. Fish Mooney. Okay, favorite not Fish Mooney character because she's not coming back and you have to choose a new one. I know, I know. Or you'll cry. I know, I know. Uh, Barbara Gordon. Really? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> it's so psychotic and so wonderful. See, and I thought you would be in the Harvey Bullock poet philosopher no. all around amazing human being fan no. club with me. No, I just, I just like, she is such a wonderful psychopath. She is fair. <laughs> She's pretty good, and it's kind of hard to imagine her becoming the Barbara Gordon that we know and love. Oh, and like uh, uh, Birds of Prey, and later on ex- in life, except she's not. She's not. She's not. And nothing is. Nothing's the same. Wait a minute, right. though. No, wait. I thought she... Because she's not that Barbara Gordon. Yes, she is, actually. Yes, she is. Wait, wait. Zombrarian, you gave me false information on the other day. Because you convinced me it was the daughter, not her. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> The Barbara Gordon who ends up in... Who is that girl and then ends up in a wheelchair is... Is, is Barbara Jim Gordon's now in Arkham Asylum? Yes, right. No, is no. Jim Gordon's daughter? I'm not talking about. I'm not talking the Barbara Gordon we know and love, Jim Gordon's wife. Right, but the one I was telling. Triana but but about wait, 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 wait. The one in Birds of Prey is his wife. No, I the think... one in Birds of Prey is his daughter. His daughter. The, but I'm talking about the the grandmotherly character that shows up again and again. Right, that is gone. I that I don't out- recall this. You don't? Okay, no. well... That's like, why I was confused. I'm good, though, now. She's, she's like Jim Gordon's counterpart, and he always goes home, and, oh, that... Things are so She's tough. baking pies, and, yeah. Somehow I thought she ended up dead, somehow. She oh. does in some of them. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's normal. Um, and I'm actually... Like, while I'm glad that they're giving her this really cool story arc, and they're doing something original and fun... I am kind of disappointed because I feel like now we're not going to get Barbara Gordon, who is Batgirl, and then ends up in a wheelchair and is, you know, awesome. Well, it depends on how long they they let the series run and now... Well, but right, but how is he going to end up with a daughter named Barbara if... Yeah, there's that. If she's crazy pants crazy. And this one is. Um, I mean, the only way I can think of is if they change her name like they did with, um, Selena and Ivy. Don't say it. I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) So mad about it. Fine. Oh, good Lord. Oh, um, 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 I wanted to mention to you, Sir Sarah. Yes. That we got an email today uh-huh. from uh, Women of Wonder, the Spanish edition. Yay! Oh, yeah, you sent me things. And yes, their editor is going to be on the show. We're Yay! Now. And we, we also booked a number of other people. So, Kriana, why don't we talk about who's coming on the show for the next couple of weeks? Oh, right now? Is it time? Oh. It's that time, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, it's that time. Sorry, I was busy playing Soda Dungeon. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. Um, You play games during the show? No, I listen and contribute. Not ever. Um, So I guess next week we're having Mildred Lewis of Bound Blades and Agents of the Realm. I don't know what that is, but it sounds intriguing. Uh, She's the the queer high fantasy comic book that I met at Topaticon. See, and and this should be in the calendar, but it's not. Um, The next week is Alan and Chris from HB Comics to talk about one of their projects... They'll be talking about Team Synergy, their new uh, their new comic series. Okay, and then after that, 
Allison Wilgus and Paul Starr of Sockdolliger Publishing to talk about something. Sockdolligers, I guess. Company. Um, and then on the 19th, Melinda Snodgrass, writer of Star Trek Renegades, is going to talk about her new book. And then on the 26th, uh, some- with this name. <laughs> S- someone needs to reschedule that one. Admaja Pandya talks about her artwork. It's not that hard. Well, it was for me. Because, why? Because it was. Anyway, Sir Sarah? <laughs> yes, well, Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic Con, Granite Con, Rhode Island Comic Con, booksandbooze.com, and comicarthouse.com. Visit ComicArthouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Check out more of their grooves on LawrenceMadeMeCry.com. Tonight's intro music provided by Rob Watts. Find more of his creations at RobWattsOnline.com. I feel like I haven't done that in like a month. Anyway, Dome. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank our guests, Pamela and Granite State Escape. It's a cool place check it out check them out online we'll have all the links for you on the show i want to thank our cast it's been a long time since we've all been together and 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 had an absolutely uh one hour show from the revere time vortex the sweetheart of the soundboard kriana and the woman of word zombarian thank you so much ladies that's what she said literally more than once continuing our own personal galaxy quest sir sarah me and back from the shadows and into the yogurt. Thank you, Java. Anapestic trimeter. Okay, whatever you say. <laughs> look, look it up. It's da 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 da. Thank you so much. There was a young guys. girl from Nantucket. Exactly. Wow. Exactly wow. what I said. We'll wow. see you at uh, Rhode Island Comic Con this weekend. Drop by the booth. Say hi. Because we'll be saying hi to you. This is Dome saying, Terry and Jeannie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody. I know.